Well, here we are again once more. Uh, I guess we got a cold open tonight. And uh, last week we had discussed that the PG-13 rating came into existence in 1984. So here we are one year later. And we thought we'd discuss our favorite topic in all of film, the PG-13 F-word. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, for anybody who doesn't know, you get one F-word per film. Uh, If it is rated PG-13, sometimes there are exceptions. Uh, And that one F-word cannot be used to uh, talk about sex. So, who would like to kick us off with their favorite PG-13 F-words? Um, so, I'm going to go ahead and say mine before Paul steals the best one. I know what you're going to say, too. Yeah. So, this one isn't it. I only got two of them. Uh, but, nice fucking model from Beetlejuice. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Mainly just because I remember as a kid, I never caught the F-word. It was always the honking of the crotch that made me laugh a lot. Right. So. I, I love that one. Um, <laughs> but the best one is, am I a bet? Am I a fucking bet? <laughs> From She's All That <laughs> is the greatest F word in a PG-13 of all time. So those are the ones I got. That's a good one. Nice. Zach, did, I, gonna... did I steal yours, Paul? No, you did not. Okay. I'll see if anybody else does, though. <laughs> all right. Zach, well, you wanna? Yeah, I've got I've got three here. Not nothing too uh, wild or um, random. Um, it's, it's always kind of funny, uh, you know, when you say they can't be used to talk about sex. Yeah, but these ones are sort of. A couple of them are like sort of. Okay. But, but they get around it by, I guess, just it generally being an insult. Um, the first one I got is. Uh, Tom Hanks and Catch Me If You Can. When uh, <laughs> did, did I steal one? Yeah, he stole one of mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so I'll just say that, and then you can describe it if you want. No, 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 uh, you go on. <laughs> it, you, I, I let you guys go first. And it is just the risk I take. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's in, the, he's in the car with the two other FBI agents who are just complaining about him not having a sense of humor, and so he says, oh, you want to hear a joke? And they, knock, knock. Who's there? Go fuck yourselves. And it's just the fact that it's Tom Hanks saying it too is just adds another layer of indeed. <laughs> um, I've got 500 days of summer. Um, Tom's character, if you haven't seen it, he writes greeting cards and they're usually very sweet and he's very good at it. But when he's heartbroken, he goes very simple with a right. Say roses are red, violets are blue. Fuck you whore. And that's the, <laughs> Yeah, it's just so out of character and kind of surprising <laughs> that it works. And finally, I went with a very kind of obvious pick, but the implications of the use ripple through the movie. And that's the Ron Burgundy and Anchorman, go fuck yourself, San Diego. Just because the moment it happens, it's such like everybody, like, did that just happen? And it's not just the throwaway use. And, you know, it is an obvious pick, but I think it's well done. Yeah, so that's me. Bernsey, what you got? Oh, hi. Hello. I am oh, here. I didn't I didn't know if I was supposed to talk or if I was going to mess up the whole thing. No, no, no. We uh, we 
we like to do these cold opens and just throw our audience off by uh, suddenly just having a guest. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I think, uh, I mean, you guys have already mentioned some, uh, some pretty good ones. I mean, I think the Ron Burgundy go fuck yourself. San Diego is, is right up there all time for sure. Um, but I think my personal favorite is probably from Billy Madison because uh, just the story about, you know, the puppy who lost his way and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you get your ass out there and you find that dog <laughs> is, um, I think to this day, both inspirational and comedic in a way that very few films are able to pull off. So I, I got to give them credit to that one where they got a lot of economy out of that, that one utterance. Oh, indeed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that all you got for us i think so yeah yep okay very nice it was a good one i like that that is good one uh okay so the one i thought you were going to steal for me jonathan was from the movie be cool oh which is the film where i learned about the pg-13 f-word just because i never really thought about it and uh at the beginning john travolta is explaining how the pg-13 f-word works to james woods (laughs) and james woods says you only get one well, you know what I say? I say, fuck that. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, and since Jonathan stole my third one, I guess I'll just do my, my other one, which uh, I, I really... steal it. Is, oh, no. Oh, sorry. Zach stole it. Right. Sorry. I was, I was prepared for you to steal it, which is uh, uh, my other one. Sorry. My children are shouting from me in the other room now. I, I thought I heard a daddy in the background. Yeah. Daddy, sorry. Daddy. <laughs> Father. Father. Father, can you hear me? Um, no. So my other one is uh, Ready Player One. <laughs> when Chucky is unleashed onto the battlefield. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody just screams, it's fucking Chucky. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what you would say in that situation, I think. Uh, I, I don't know why you wouldn't. <laughs> props for authenticity, I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, think, I think the ring also has a really good one where uh, Samara calls Naomi Watts her mom as she's it might be the ring too. She's pushing the uh, the well closed and she shouts, "I'm not your fucking mommy." <laughs> <laughs> I was trying PG thirteen. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, that, that seems like a different time. They're not. They're not bloody films. They're not. Yeah. They're just scary. Yeah. Hmm. You could be Fair scary enough. in PG thirteen movies. You could be no. scary. Hey, the Exorcist, I think, was PG-13, wasn't it? Not The Exorcist, I'm sorry, Poltergeist. <laughs> so much not The Exorcist. Yes, Poltergeist is PG-13. Yeah. I was trying to think of a way to fit in. My wife is my favorite PG-13 F-word, but I couldn't do it. So. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of comes off a little creepy. Just a bit. Which is, <laughs> which is par for the course for Zach. So we're I am Creep Master. All right. All right. Well, you guys want to talk about a movie? Let's talk about a movie. Talk about a fucking movie. Hello, all you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Pierce. I'm Zach McCoy. And we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscarsity Podcast, the show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong, and what film are we watching this week. Jonathan, 
Today, we're talking about Out of Africa, a real-life story of a woman who grows coffee and gets syphilis. <laughs> I think those are Wonderful. the only things I noticed about the movie. <laughs> and that voice you just heard is co-host of Missing Save File and, of course, uh, noted washing machine repairman, Mr. Jason Burns. Welcome to the show. Oh, I forgot to update my LinkedIn after I uh, repaired that washing machine. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Pretty proud of that one. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. When, uh, when, when you have things to plug, make sure you plug your new washing machine repair business. That's right. That's probably the best money making skill i have now so uh i'm gonna get that out there nice <laughs> excellent uh thanks for having me it's good to be here thanks yes. for being here. so uh i i I'll start out with uh is this everybody's first time seeing this movie yes I, unless i really repressed it before but yeah i think so no <gasps> it's a yes for me which means i have two of my picks for what you haven't seen wrong wow well, I'll hold that thought, but we'll get back to it. Yeah, we will. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, Zach, being the only one who's seen this <laughs> film before. Yeah, so the first time I saw this was only a couple years ago. It was uh, um, one of those, uh, we were sitting down, getting ready to watch a movie, and I picked out like five of my DVDs, and I was like, Caitlin, pick one. And, and she was looking at it, and you know, we're both fans of you know, the actors in the movie and it looked all right. So we watched it. Um, yeah. And I'll share more on my thoughts later, but nothing, nothing super special about the story. Okay. All right. Well, uh, let's do an Oscar breakdown. Okay. It is a perplexing March 24th, 1986. Uh, we are still at the Dorothy Chandler pavilion, Los Angeles, California. Our hosts, for the evening are Alan Alda, Jane Fonda, and Robin Williams. Oh, mm. lovely. Uh, and Oscar winner Stanley Donnan producing the show tonight. Our most nominated films on the evening are The Color Purple and Out of Africa at 11 apiece. Our most awarded film in the evening is Out of Africa at 7. Hmm. 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 Indeed. Hmm. All right, out of Africa, uh, giving Sidney Pollack a producing award, wins Best Picture over The Color Purple, giving Spielberg the great Kathleen Kennedy, Frank Marshall, and Quincy Jones uh, nominations. Quincy Jones, the first black producer ever nominated for Best Whew. Picture. Goodness gracious. In 1985. 1985. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> yep. Doing, doing big business here. Uh, other films, Kiss of the Spider Woman, Prizzy's Honor, and Witness. Uh, best Director goes to Sidney Pollack for Out of Africa. Uh, and a couple of notes in this category. John Huston, director of Prizzy's Honor, the oldest director ever nominated. Oh. oh. 79. Yeah. And Akira Kurosawa gets nominated for Ron. Yeah. Yeah. His one and only nomination. Bullshit. Wait a minute. I his films that for yeah. his films have been nominated for best foreign language feature, which goes to the country, yep. not the, yeah. not the filmmakers. Good Lord, Kirikurasawa, Oscar nominated for an incredible adaptation of King Lear, loses to Sidney Pollack for Out of Africa. 
<laughs> uh, best actor goes to William Hurt for Kiss of the Spider Woman, beating my god himself, Jack Nicholson, for Prizzy's Honor. And Harrison Ford for Witness, his one and only nomination. Really? Yeah. yeah. I kept thinking uh, he was nominated for Regarding Henry, but I guess not. No, can we not. can we retroactively talk about Witness instead of this movie? Because Witness <laughs> is a movie I it's it's a good we'll, film. I think it's, it's a very good film. <laughs> we'll have a window of chat opportunity. Yeah, we, oh, yeah, we have a lot of time to to discuss those things. Sure. Okay. Uh okay. Um so Harrison Ford. Oscar nominated once for some reason. <laughs> Uh, best actress goes to Geraldine Page for Trip to the Bountiful, beating mm-hmm. out Meryl Streep for Out of Africa. Best supporting actor goes to Donna Michi for Cocoon. I say a very deserved win. Ooh. That uh, was one I really wished I would have watched this week. Yeah, that's a good one. And uh, this category is fun. Uh, so we're going to go into this real quick. <laughs> uh, okay, so first off, Klaus Maria Brandauer. Uh, loses for Out of Africa. William Hickey is nominated for Prizzy's Honor. He's the the old guy from uh, Christmas Vacation. Mm. The one with the really bad toupee. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hilarious. Uh, Eric Roberts, Julia Roberts' brother, mm. nominated <laughs> for a runaway train. And uh, I got to get Trav to get this uh, this audio from that uh, orange juice commercial, but Robert Loja. <laughs> Robert Loja. <laughs> Robert Loja. Robert Loja. <laughs> uh, nominated for Jagged Edge, not Prissy's Honor. <laughs> Jagged Edge and Runaway Train, some 90s music going on there. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> now it's going to be in my head forever. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it's never coming back. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying I'm going the wrong way on a one-way track, John? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, I feel like we should be headed somewhere. At some point, this becomes illegal. You got to stop. <laughs> you can go to jail. I think, I think it's because it's broken up. It's uh, it's it's fair use. <laughs> oh, okay. That's how that works. <laughs> I don't know. We're going to get sued. We're not making any money off this anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, best Supporting Actress goes to Angelica Houston for Prizzy's Honor. Mm. Uh, Angelica Houston winning that award makes uh, uh, John Houston the only person who ever directed a parent and a child to an Academy Award. Because ah. his father right. won Best Supporting Actor for Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just a weird note. Yeah. Uh Best screenplay written directly for the screen goes to Witness, beating out Brazil, giving Terry Gilliam his one and only Academy Award nomination. That is fucking blasphemy. (laughs) (sighs) That is just three real sad only nominations in a row. All in one year. All in one year. Yeah. It doesn't even spread the fuck out. Nope. What are we doing? Perplexing indeed. Uh, also, Back to the Future gets nominated for Best Original Screenplay. Okay. Oh, nice. That's heavy. Why do That's you he- keep saying this? Doc. <laughs> <laughs> the future is everything. Is there something wrong with the gravitational pull? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
best screenplay based on material from another medium goes to Out of Africa. Uh, best foreign language film goes to the official story from Argentina in Spanish. I don't know why they have what. Uh, was, Ron, was Ron nominated? No, it was not. Well, <laughs> he, gets, he gets a director nomination, but not a foreign language feature nomination. Jesus wow. Christ. This is a mess. Uh, best documentary feature goes to Broken Rainbow. Uh, that's what happens when you leave your rainbow in the dark. Yep. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> Ronnie James Dio is amazing. I'll allow it, but wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, best documentary short subject goes to Witness to War, Dr. Charlie Clements. Witness. Uh, best live action short film goes to Molly's Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. Best animated short film goes to Anna and Bella. Aw. Uh, best original score goes to Out of Africa, giving John Barry an Academy Award. Mm. I guess this brings us to our podcast within a podcast. John Williams Oscar Watch. John Williams is not nominated. <laughs> Damn. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Quincy Jones is nominated, though. So he yeah, gets nominated for yeah. Best Song and Best Picture. Uh, best Original Song, or not Best Song, Best Score. Uh, best Original Song goes to Say You, Say Me. See from White you. Knights giving Lionel Richie. I, I like that song a lot. Award. <laughs> Quincy Jones, also nominated in this category for Miss Silly's Blues mm. from mm. The Color of Purple. So he does get nominated for Best Song. Yep. Power of Love, nominated from Back to the Future. A song that I'm very happy is in this category because fuck the Ghostbusters theme. <laughs> Uh, I much prefer the uh, Neil Cesariega cut, uh, the Bustin. Uh, you know, once you once you've heard it in that form, you can't go back to listening to no. the original Ghostbusters thing. No, no, there's there's just no no way. Um, I I just love the story that they had asked Huey Lewis to do the Ghostbusters theme, and when he said no, they just stole his song. Mm. Oh, I didn't hear. I didn't know about that. Oh, uh, so uh, Huey Lewis sued Ray Parker Jr. for the Ghostbusters theme song because it is just, I want a new drug with new lyrics over it. Oh, wow. Successfully wow. sued him, by the way. Hmm. So, uh, so it's a big fuck you to Ghostbusters. Huey Lewis did the music for Back to the Future. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. So it's just the greatest pettiness that's ever existed. All right. Uh, speaking of Back to the Future, best sound effects editing. Back to the Future wins. I mean, I think you get the Oscar just for the sound effect that the gullwing door makes when it opens, right? The uh, yeah. Uh, Everything I mean, associated with that time machine just sounds perfect. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's essentially as good as you know the lightsaber sound effect. Mm-hmm. Just as iconic. Uh, best sound goes to Out of Africa. Couldn't tell you why. <laughs> Best the art direction. Cow. Huh? The dying oxen. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, could you hear the sound of her syphilis? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> See, don't stop. All right. <laughs> and that's the sound of syphilis. 
Hello, Arsenic, my old friend. <laughs> God. Time to take a dose again. Hearing her say that in her horrible Danish accent, I had to take lots of arsenic. You know, I'm like, uh-huh. Okay. I guess I'll never right. have children. Okay, I'm done. <gasps> oh, we got to keep going because we're going to get to somewhere. Yeah, we're getting to somewhere. Uh, best art direction also goes to Out of Africa. Hmm. <sighs> Somehow beating out Brazil and Ron. Oh my. Uh. 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 Yeah. <sighs> okay. It's worse. Best cinematography goes to Out of Africa. <laughs> Why? Um, best makeup goes to Mask. Starring <laughs> Cher. <laughs> and Eric Stoltz, who was replaced on Back to the Future. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Uh, best costume design goes to Ron. Nice. Getting out, getting out, out of Africa. Well, that one makes sense. Yeah. Uh, best film editing goes to Witness. Hmm. Beating out, out of Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, best visual effects goes to Cocoon. And this is where Jonathan's excited, I'm sure. <laughs> this is where my goth finish started. <laughs> Beating out Return to Oz. <laughs> With Barusa Balk. <laughs> I love- and they move at the speed of dark. <laughs> <laughs> Something Creep. to do with green marbles. I don't remember. <laughs> the creepiest film ever made. I love that movie so much. Oh, it's so good. All right. Honorary awards for the evening. Going to Paul Newman, who has not won an Academy Award to this point. Pence. In recognition of his many and memorable, compelling screen performances and for his personal integrity and dedication to his craft. Also, uh, to his spaghetti sauce? Yes! What about the dressing? <laughs> I love his dressings! They're so good! Uh, and and uh, honorable. Yeah, honorable yeah. salad dressing. Yes. Uh, my, my favorite part of the movie Captain America Winter Soldier is when Robert Redford opens his refrigerator and there's Newman's own salad dressing in <laughs> I have not caught that. Wow. Watch, watch it. I will. Nice. Uh, How much do you think he insisted that that be the case? <laughs> Listen, if there's going to be any dressing here. I, I really hope he was just like, so you want me to open the fridge? Can I have some Newman's own in there? I'll go like, buy it. I've got six bottles in my bag right now. <laughs> I just drink it. That's how I stay so, so vibrant. All proceeds donate to charity. Another honorary award to Alex North in his in recognition of his brilliant artistry and the creation of memorable music for a host of distinguished motion pictures. Oliver North? What the fuck? <laughs> Alex North. Oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> and to John H. Whitney Sr. for cinematic pioneering. Ooh. That's all it says. Okay. To cinematic pioneering. Well, good job. Uh, the Gene Herschel Humanitarian Award goes to Chaz Buddy Rogers. Aw. And those, that is our Oscar breakdown. Okay. Wow. So, let's talk about this movie. And, uh, Jason, I'm going to have you actually read something for me. If you want to go ahead and look it up here. I, I, I saw a conversation that you had had online with a few of our uh, mutual friends. And if you could bring up that quote that you had found earlier from a, uh, a Mr. Ebert, if you wouldn't mind reading that off to me. 
that would be great. Uh, yeah. So let me see here real quick. Uh, I'm trying to remember which channel it's in. Oh, that's right. I had to look it up earlier as well. Which one was it? While he's doing that, I'm going to say I failed to mention that Ralph McQuarrie was a recipient of the Best Visual Effects Academy Award. Oh, oh okay. For oh. was that uh, for Cocoon? Oh, for Cocoon. Oh, okay, cool. So I, I, um, I found it just here online because this is my favorite go-to quote for any movie that I find insufferable. But uh, I think to perfectly encapsulate the way that I felt about this movie by the time I got to the end of it. Uh, this is, you know, very famous quote from Roger Ebert. Um, I think it was even a title of one of his books, um, but it's uh, in its entirety. I hated this movie. Hated, 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 hated this movie. Hated it. Hated every simpering, stupid, vacant, audience-insulting moment of it. Hated the sensibility that thought anyone would like it. Hated the implied insult to the audience by its belief that anyone would be entertained by it. Um, because by the time you get to the end of the movie, I, they killed, they killed him off screen. They killed the main love interest in a throwaway line off screen so much so that I, and here's how that played out so much. Like I'll confess about 10 minutes into this film. I was like, well, I think I'm just going to sit here and play magic while I'm watching this. So I did through pretty much the entirety of this movie. And my kiddo comes up where I'm watching this on my computer on the second monitor and points to it and goes, who's in the casket? And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I had to roll it back a few times before I caught, Oh, that's, uh, (laughs) that's our second main protagonist here. That's Robert Redford. They killed him. Yeah. (laughs) They didn't have the decency to show it. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, I I posted something earlier that you had sent sent to me. You were like, "Man, this movie's two and a half hours long." And then when you had messaged me between playing us, uh, you you had said playing magic and watch me right now. And then this movie is fucking killing me. Is a four hour gap. Four hour <laughs> gap. <laughs> Listen, I I already. I'll confess, I have Meryl Streep issues. Okay, like I'm, I appreciate Meryl Streep sometimes, but I also sometimes a little Meryl Streep is a lot too much Meryl Streep, and like Meryl Streep trying and getting at best like a middling Danish accent throughout the whole damn thing is already me like "Eh, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, and then um, I I told my wife this. I said, I I bet you could split pre like pre 1980 birthday post 1980 birthday and probably get a pretty good pull on where people sit with this movie um because i feel like this is the type of movie that a lot of people born pre 19 i'm not trying to be ageist or anything i'm just saying like oh this is the type of movie that i wish hollywood made and and i think anybody who's younger than that would just be like i i this why do why did they make movies like this <laughs> uh, i'll i'll add some uh I'll add some credence to that theory that this is like my mother-in-law's favorite movie. She talks there you about go. it a lot. She loves it. I, for one, watched this week. Oh God. Why was this movie so fucking long? Like, why was it long? Why was it boring? And my synopsis was literally the two things I remember from this movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. This movie yeah. makes no sense. Why? Like I, nobody was interesting in this movie. 
Nobody. Robert Redford was supposed to be the interesting guy, and I was still bored to shit by him. Like, <laughs> nothing about anybody, about anything that happened. Syphilis was the most entertaining part of this movie. <laughs> That's such a wild, wild statement. Am yeah, I wrong? I, I, I no, you're not. not. No. <laughs> and, and, like, I struggle to, to just get to the audacity of... of making the runtime be about 240 like two hours 40 minutes you know right like right when literally nothing happens like i mean you you could you could probably cut this down into a movie that actually maybe does something but because it just draws everything out and it's obsessed with just giving runtime to stuff that does not matter um i i just i struggle to to see who this movie's for, I guess. And, and it's, yeah. I think it is, I, 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 you know, I was kind of being cavalier with the way that I said that earlier, but I do think that it's just, it's a type of movie that just, it's for an audience that doesn't exist anymore. And it's just like, well, he's just handsome and she's just pretty. And I just like to watch them talk to each other. And it's like, <laughs> if that's what you're into, then okay, sure. I guess, but uh, that's all that's here. Really? I mean, I can really I can really get into a meandering film about two pretty people talking to each other because I watch Richard Lankletter films all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at least there's like at least there's conversations about life or existence or something. There's something to latch onto and those films tend to be like an hour and 40 minutes. Right. Right. Okay, so uh <laughs> I I think it's an okay, a very, very, very okay <laughs> movie. And that's I think Streep and Redford do have decent chemistry and their their romance is the one kind of interesting part of the movie, but it's still not interesting enough. And and it also um, like their romance really doesn't kick up until like two hours into the movie. Right. And all pretty much any other character in the movie that they try to make seem important. It's like, I, I don't care. You haven't given me a reason enough to care about them. Um, which is a crime in 161 minutes of runtime. And and when you have, when you have an actor as good as Michael Goff do like four scenes in this movie and I could give less of a shit about him. That's (laughs) such a shame. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, looking at Karen Blixen was apparently a, a fine enough person other than the fact that, uh, you know, we've got this and with like passage to India last year, we've got two fetishizing, uh, exotic quote unquote lands through the lens of a white woman. And it's, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's not the kind of thing that, is celebrated anymore. Like, like Jason said, um, it's an outdated kind of model of film. And yeah. Um, if you were to make a strictly a romance, you, it would need to be like an hour shorter, tighter, better dialogue. I don't know. But there was no romance in the movie. Like you got maybe a total of 10 minutes where the two main (laughs) love interests seem like, okay, I guess they're doing something. Something. 
like there's maybe something here i i just every uh, every I once in a while somebody would walk up to meryl streep and just plant one on her and then she would go oh and that's just <laughs> so that's like, what we got for romance like that was it well I, I, at the beginning of the movie when she walks up and that dude she's married i was like oh is that not the friend or is that the friend i don't know but she's just kissing this guy that she's marrying in 10 minutes <laughs> but <laughs> but am i am i supposed to be like i don't want to say okay with this but am, like what's going on here i well, don't know yeah like, as you rush a, a moment in a, a two an hour and forty minute movie, yeah, yeah, it was entirely a marriage of convenience, and I mean they state that clearly, so it's not like they're supposed to be in love or anything really. Yeah. Right. And I do feel some, you know, that moment when Redford's character pops up with the ivory and she's on the train. Maybe it's just me, but I, I, I could feel the kind of the sexual tension between the two of them. Like I kind of get it. Um, oh, yeah. you knew you yeah. knew who what he, you knew something was going to happen to those two, right? Characters. Yeah, and I mm-hmm. I got to say that put me off Redford's character from the beginning because I'm yeah. like, oh, we're just an ivory merchant, huh? Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, and, 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 and yeah, specifically, like I mean, you know this this film, I mean, it's based on a true story, right? And so, yeah. I mean, the setting they wanted to keep true to the to the biography, and it's just, I think again to kind of piggyback on that point, it's just it is a period of time that no one is nostalgic about anymore. Like right. that particular right. time place setting is just like, you know, it's deeply uncomfortable from the jump because it's like, yeah. Oh, here's Robert Redford pillaging the natural world and murdering elephants. Yep. And Neat. And here's, <laughs> here's white savior colonialist. Fucking <laughs> Meryl right. Streep showing up. <laughs> I'm going to tame these, these wild children. I'm gonna build what them is wrong school. with you? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's just all of it is very and like it, it, in a setting that could be. I think that's what maybe maybe dates it and dates it in a way where it's probably like through a modern lens, just never going to work. Uh-huh. Is that there are a lot of there are a lot of themes that could be worked with that that would be interesting. But this film is just not interested in any of that because it's very old Hollywood, right? It's very like, look mm-hmm. at this exotic locale. Look at all oh, this is the romance on the on the savannah, and you're just like, yeah. um, these these people are are destroying this place. Um, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not very I'm, I'm not comfortable right now. <laughs> it's it's definitely Sidney Pollack trying to do like an old Cecil B. DeMille film. It's mm-hmm. very much embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I. Yeah, I I don't even know what else to say about this film. There's also a lot of like, I mean, not that I would ever expect this to be an effects type film, but there's a lot of like really obvious like rear projection work <laughs> like just going yeah. on. Yeah, and it's just distracting. <laughs> there's a lot of weird moments when it happens too, like when she's talking to the the guy that she marries at the very beginning while they're in Denmark, like they're just standing in front of rear projection and then they cut to like a wide shot of them in the woods. And I'm like, why did we not exactly. get it on the day? And now we're just doing reshoots on the lot where they're like, I don't know, just put up a background that kind of looks close behind I, them. I guess it's such a bizarre thing to see. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, for me watching it as haphazardly as I was to still notice several moments like that is, uh, I, I don't know. I just, I thought that was pretty sloppy where it's like, so it's also, uh, yeah, we, we're just not we're not paying that much attention to the integrity of the look of the film. I see. Okay. Neat. Yeah, and I, this movie lost me about half an hour in. I was on my phone, to which mm-hmm. m- my review on Letterbox is just 
damn it, Ridley Scott was right about millennials and their phones. <laughs> <laughs> well <Cool>. done. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah. Double checking. This did not win for editing, did it? <laughs> no, that no, was wit- no. witness one. Okay, Cinematography, witness though, wasn't it? Yeah, which I guess it's uh, really another it's one where it's really? the most cinematography. It, because I mean, they got a whole bunch of background in the background. Like, like when, yeah. when color purple and Ron are up against you, you definitely should not be winning cinematography. Right. When Brazil's not even in the conversation, I'm right. confused. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is a quote unquote pretty film, but it would have been a, maybe a winner 30 years ago or something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I don't feel like they they capture anything like above and beyond it. I don't even know if it's the most cinematography. You know, maybe because it's a two hour and forty minute movie, but right. yeah, it's it's not especially pretty looking, especially especially compared to even even Back to the Future should have been in this category against mm-hmm. it. Back to the Future so well shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a really good comparison, actually, because you put up, you know, this film next to Back to the Future. And this film, Back to the Future feels like it, it could have been, with a couple of modifications, shot fairly recently. Like it, it holds mm-hmm. up a mm-hmm. lot of the a lot of the visual design of, of the film. The cinematography looks great. Um, it's just a quality, well-made film. <laughs> you put that like this by comparison looks 20 years older, probably. You know, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It probably in 1985 too. Like mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine this was blowing people away just by visuals alone. Yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> All right. So yeah. this this movie's boring. Fuck this movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> anybody so else got notes for this one? Because it's, it's like it I was really made. don't like. Yeah, like, no. Like this movie. Like usually we say. Like with the movies that we like, I mean, we all agree on liking. It's hard to say anything about it because we like it so much. This movie, even though we all do not like this movie, there is nothing to it. There is nothing to talk about in this movie other than it's two hours and 40 minutes long. It's fucking boring. There is nothing interesting about it. This isn't a movie I would ever say you should watch this just to see how bad it is. This is a movie I say if you've gone outside and stared at nothing, you have seen this movie because it is just as interesting. Yeah, it's one of those (laughs) rare films that's like it's it's on the it's just as bad as movies that are so bad they're good, but there's nothing in it to push it to good, right? Like it's just it's just kind of one of those movies that it doesn't have a reason for being like, like if, it, if, it, if they would have had bad actors in this, I would have been like, this is fucking golden because mm-hmm, yeah, it, it mm-hmm. would have been or, irredeemable. But or you, Tommy you put, Wiseau pops up as the doctor. He's like, you have syphilis. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah. Or, or just somebody, somebody chewing some scenery somewhere. <laughs> like everybody's so muted and monotonous. This movie just drones on. It yeah. is true. All right. I wonder, I wonder if like, just to kind of, to bring that to a close, I wonder if I've not read the original source material, right? Like the biography that it's, that it's uh, based off of, but I wonder if this is what happens when a film tries to hew too close to like a biography and doesn't actually like dramatize things, you know, right? Like there, there's no, there's no attempt to actually bring a lot of this stuff plays like it would be ripped right out of someone's 
autobiography, right? Yeah. Like just uh, and yeah. then this happened, and then you know. I know, and, they, I know they changed some minor details. I haven't <laughs> read it either. I was, I was, I was trying to read the IMDb trivia page, and that was also too long, and I got bored. <laughs> <laughs> Even the trivia is too dull. It, it like, oh, man, and and I'll tell you what, we're we're about to do we're about to do the Thursdays on after hours. And I read like four different like analyses of that movie this morning. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even get through the IMDb trivia page on this movie. No, I don't want to alienate or be rude to anybody, but I think people who find a certain interest in royalty or whatever, people who are interested in the, the lives of duchesses and stuff like that. Uh, maybe you'll find it interesting, uh, but uh, it, it, I think Jason really hits the but, point. But, but where was that? Like, where was any of that? Like, I would have taken yeah. some fucking Lord blog to blog, went and fucked Lady Who the fuck. <laughs> I, I would have seriously have loved any of that. But instead, I got here's Baroness fucking coffee syphilis who's here to <laughs> save half her land for the Africans because good for fucking her. She only took half of their shit. Like. I'm. Uh, I think I'm gonna go ahead and register that online handle before anybody else can get to it. <laughs> Baron Coffee Syphilis. Um, uh. <laughs> yeah. I, well, a couple of things that I just pulled, just looking up some random trivia to try to make like try to make something out of whatever the hell this movie was, because I, I even wandered, you know, that direction. Um, another reason why this movie's horrible is good old fashioned Hollywood sexism. Uh, apparently, Meryl Streep landed the part by showing up for her meeting with the director wearing a low-cut blouse and a push-up bra, as the director had originally thought the actress did not have, quote, enough sex appeal for this role. So, Was she supposed fun. to be sexy? I guess. <laughs> because <laughs> and I, I'll tell you, I read that note, and I went and looked up Karen Blixen, and I was like, this is the the woman we're trying to like pass off as sex appeal. I was a full Forrest Whitaker eye there. Like, like that, <laughs> what the fuck? Not not to say she's unattractive, but no. Just look at her and you're like, hey. she. I mean, she looks like a period painting in this movie. I mean, there, yeah, there's, yeah. There's no. I think I think if anything, Meryl Streep is probably really well cast, right? Like I do. Well other cast, than yeah. other than the bad accent, which I think you know, I, I don't know what you do about that, but I mean, like. Meryl Streep as the person in this role, like I, I kind of buy, she has that vibe, that sort of like classic, you know, look to her that I'm like, okay, I, in, in a period piece totally works. I get it. Yeah. But yeah, the fact that she had to show up to the audition in a push-up bra is just like, ew, Hollywood is so gross. Yeah. And on top of it, to, <laughs> on, I, I, I had a thought like it to, she has two Oscars at this point. Mm-hmm. Meryl Streep has won two Oscars already. And to be like, uh, I don't know if I want this really good actress that people respect to be in my movie that's two hours and 40 minutes long. Asinine. Mm-hmm. Most asinine thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I think, you know, when it comes to directors, Sidney Pollock is just the inferior Sidney and shame well, on him. I, just, I mean, <laughs> what Sidney is as good as Lamette? That man. Yep. That man craps masterpieces <laughs> exactly uh, i have nothing else to say which, I think, is, uh, which is really painful i hear but it, it yeah, pretty, yeah. you can't argue with the result yeah. I, I, I i've never done it so yeah like uh, this <laughs> <laughs> like i said I this is my second watch and i think i was trying to convince myself that there was 
merit to it just because I own it on Blu-ray. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to keep it because it's the best picture and I'm a completist in that way. And, but that's fair. It's like, you know what I just realized <laughs> though? Uh, speaking of Sidney Pollack, I had not realized that the film right before this, that uh, he had directed was uh, Tootsie Tootsie. And that to me, and I'm just going to throw this out there. I think it makes, it makes a lot of things about this movie make sense where you direct a movie like Tootsie and you get successful. I mean, that was a big hit, right? Yeah. Um, and I think this is a director being like, well, I, I can do serious work. Watch how freaking serious I can be. Yeah. And then, you yeah. know, it doesn't get much more serious than an adaptation of an, of an autobiography, uh, you know, set in colonial Africa period piece authenticity. Like right. it just feels like all the resources were poured into the wrong things. Yeah. And it was just a, I'm making a serious movie. And it's pretty seriously boring. He he did um, uh, Jeremiah Johnson, though, which was amazing. Like, what? what No, that's a good movie. No, I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on and ask Paul. God, I hope not. Is this movie in the library? Thankfully, no. Thank you. Dodged a bullet. Somehow, somehow. Uh, we have managed to avoid this one. So thank, thankfully for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 1985 is a very weak year. Fuck. For, well, for, for maybe for the library. People putting films in the library because yeah. there's a lot of good films that aren't in here. I'll complain about one later. Uh, so uh, our three movies that have made it Whoa. in for 1985 uh, you're going to find that these lists keep getting shorter and shorter as the years go. Mm-hmm. Um, are Back to the Future, mm-hmm. okay. The Breakfast Club, and The Goonies. That's the three I was going to guess. Obviously. That was not what I was going to guess, <laughs> and now I'm actually pissed. <laughs> what were you going to guess? So I literally was like, why was The Color Purple not in there? The Color uh, Purple? Yeah. Witness? Yeah. Brazil? Like, yeah. <laughs> Is Brazil... Well, Terry is Gilliam, he's, he's... No, it's is universal. The one that's, is he the one that's too uh, American and uh, British? Yes, yeah, he is. He has dual citizenship. Yeah. I copy. Yeah. Oh, Take a drink. drink. I actually own... That's, <laughs> that's three discs. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> I bought got, this back in 2003. Uh, I've got two copies of that for some reason. I've got the one Criterion and then one on Blu-ray, which I don't think is a Criterion. But. Oh, okay. I'm just looking through the 1985 film list. There were some pretty good films this Yo, year. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, yeah. I got a I got a list here that I want to talk about here uh, in a minute. Uh, but what we're gonna do is, oh Paul, you're not done. Uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, Bernsey, we guess the year. Normally, guess the year of the film that we're talking about. But since Out of Africa is not in today, we're gonna ask which film do you think got in first? What year do you think it got in? And uh, just so you know the rules, it is a 10-year eligibility, so it can't have gone in any earlier than 1995. Sorry, when you say gone in, you mean... Into the, the Library of Congress. Into the Library of oh, Congress. Oh, into the Library of Congress. The, these it. three films, Back to the Future, Breakfast Club, and Goonies, which mm-hmm. got in first, what year did it go in? It can't go in any earlier than 1995. Which went in first? I would, I would, ha- I would hope Back to the Future. Okay. What year do you think it went I'm going to guess sometime a little bit before 2000. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say 97 okay. and Back to the Future also. I'm going to okay. say mm-hmm. Back to the Future 2004. Jonathan wins the prices right. 
<laughs> they went in in 2007. Oh, oh wow. wow. Uh, seems uh, a little light for it. I, I, I'm kind of taking I, I think it's, it. I think it's just right. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's more of like, if it wasn't for that 10-year thing, it might have been in sooner, but it kind of is like, hey, guys, we've been doing this for a few years now. Yeah. There's more movies. I, I don't know. I just... Could be. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they forgot about it. Of all those films, though, I think Back to the Future is the one that has like retained the most shine out of any. I'm not, that, not to throw any shade at the Goonies because I, I freaking love the Goonies, but I feel yeah, like, like Back to the Future has become one of those timeless classics where I'm not sure the other two are quite there. The other two I would describe as like great 80s films. Um, and, yeah. and I think Back to the Future I would put as like a great film. Like full stop. Yeah. No Here, here's here's I where I that. sit on that is the Goonies have been basically remade fifty times since then. How do you remake Back to the Future? Right, you can't. Yeah. Well, it, and you outside rules. of like making a literal remake. Like I get yeah. the closest you can get is is Rick and Morty, right? Yeah. Like that's the the closest you can yeah. get. And you literally can't because apparently Bob Gale is just like the protector of the rights to Back to the Future and will mm. not let anyone touch them. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Like, like that's I, his I, job now. That yeah. dude made Back to the Future was like, I'm going to retire on Back to the Future money and protect <laughs> the rights for the rest of my life. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. So something new we're going to get started here this week. We kind of brought it up a couple weeks ago. I forgot last week, but we're going to bring up the Razzies now um, because they're fun. We're on the sixth one at this point. So I'm just going to kind of run through the the winners. Do they still call them winners? I don't know what you call it. Yeah. But winner uh, a golden recipients. raspberry anyway, right? Yeah. Well, um, I can tell you Sylvester Stallone had a stellar night at the Razzies this year. With <laughs> the Rambo movie. Uh yeah. So Rambo <laughs> First Blood Part Two. <laughs> one's best picture, best pi- worst picture, sorry, worst picture, beating out Fever Pitch Revolution, Rocky Four, and Year of the Dragon. Wow. Yeah. So he yes. lost to himself. Stallone was kind of their punching bag for about their their entire existence. Well, for worst actor, we have Sylvester Stallone in Rambo First Blood Part 2 and Rocky IV as John Rambo and Rocky Balboa, respectively. Right. <laughs> uh, beating out uh, Divine in the Lust in the Dust. We're wow. just going to throw Divine under the bus like that, huh? Yep. Uh, Richard Gere and King David, Al Pacino in Revolution, and John Travolta in Perfect. Uh, worst actress Linda Blair got in Night Patrol, Savage Island, and Savage Streets. Wow. Yeah. Um, beating out, uh, how do you say this? Ariane in Year of the Dragon. Okay. Uh, Jennifer Beals, Bridget, Bridget, Bridget Nielsen. Bridget Nielsen, thank you. Which sucks as Red Sonia was great. And uh, Tanya Roberts. Uh, we're supporting Rob Lowe in St. Elmo's Fire. Rob Lowe. Beating out uh, Raymond Burr, Herbert Lum, Richard Yurick, and Burt Young. We're supporting Brigitte Nielsen again in Rocky IV. Rocky yeah. Yep. Uh, Sandal Bergman, uh, Mary Lou Henner, Julia Nichols. Wait, Nixon what did Mary Soul. Lou Henner get nominated for? Perfect and Rustler's Rhapsody. <gasps> I love Rustler's Rhapsody. Rustler's Rhapsody is fucking weird. <laughs> we watched that on the on the we stream did. once. <laughs> <laughs> I love that film. It is not a good movie. It's a great movie. It's a fantastic <laughs> movie. No, it's just wonderful. 
right. Uh, worst director. Guess who? Sylvester Stallone for Rocky Four. Nice. Being out Richard Brooks, Michael Cimino. 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 Gate. Uh, Year of the Dragon. Oh, Year of the Dragon. Okay. Yep. George Cosmatos and Hugh Hudson. Uh, we're screenplay. Uh, Rambo First Blood Part 2. Sorry, can I for a second just say that I've never heard of Rustler's Rhapsodies, so I looked it up. No, no. Oh my God, this movie. It's so good. A singing cowboy roams the Wild West with his sidekick, dancing horse, and fancy wardrobe. Yeah, Uh, and and Tom Berenger plays the singing cowboy. (laughs) Yes. And uh, Andy Griffith plays the evil town mayor. Oh my God, Colonel Ticonderoga. Yes, he does. (laughs) Wow. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean movie. to derail the no, whole thing, but seriously. oh my god, Rustler. No, no, it's, my it's brain so- broke when I heard that, and I was like, what the hell is this movie? And uh, it got weirder the more information I got. Yeah, my dad introduced that movie to me when I was like <laughs> high school, and I was like, what? <laughs> okay. All right. I, didn't, I haven't seen it, but it seems like it'd be like maybe a good double feature with Six String Samurai or something like that. Is it? Kind oh, of that? <laughs> oh, oh, Six String Samurai is a weird one. Yeah. <laughs> That's also free on YouTube if you've never seen Six Street Samurai. Hooray! <laughs> All right. Uh, worst new star, Brigitte Nielsen wins in that one, beating out Ariane. Uh, also beating out the new computerized Godzilla and Godzilla 1985. <laughs> <laughs> their ability to punch down is incredible. Yes. Uh, Let's see here. Worst original song, uh, Peace in Our Life from Rambo First Blood Part 2. Music by Frank Stallone, of course. Uh, of course. Uh, all you uh, Beating Out All You Can Eat from Crush Groove, The Last Dragon from The Last Dragon. Oh, <gasps> yeah. Oh, Jimmy from The Slugger's Wife and Seventh Heaven. In the last track. Happy I don't think that was the same song. Back me. Look, it is I, a crime to nominate Last Dragon for worst anything because it's the greatest film ever made. It got nominated a lot. That's garbage. Uh, that, actually, I keep uh, mixing up Year of the Dragon and Last Dragon. Now, it was the songs from Last Dragon, but Year of the Dragon got nominated a lot. Okay. Um, and then worst musical score was uh, Rocky Four. Wow. Beating out Fever Pitch, King Solomon's Minds, Revolution, and Turk 182. Is Fever Pitch based off of the uh, Bruce Hornby novel? Uh, Bruce Hornby. Uh, Nick Hornby. It is a 1985 no. American drama film written, directed by Richard Brooks, and starring Ryan O'Neill, Giancarlo Gianni, Chad Everett, and Catherine. It was Brooks's final film, the original score. I don't know. Okay. Um, uh, Mm. Yeah, I didn't mean to confuse That'd Nick Hornby with Williamsburg, Virginia's own singer-songwriter extraordinaire, Bruce Hornsby. Well, sure. Gotta yeah, be careful, because that's just the way it is. You know? <laughs> yeah. God uh, damn it. <laughs> 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 uh, Some things will never change. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Now I want to go back and watch Community. Um, all right. Greendale's so the way it goes. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to rewatch Community too, which means uh, oh Park god damn it, Parks and Rec is pushed back again. <laughs> All right, let's get ahead and get into our worsty judgments. 
All right, Jason, got a couple questions for you. Sure. Okay. First question is, does this movie deserve best picture? Absolutely not. No. Um, it probably deserves the Razzie for it's in contention for worst. Like, I don't know. It's it's a it's a terrible movie. I really, I can't believe I, I can't believe it was nominated. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree with you. Um, in fact, here's my list of movies I would have put nominated well before this movie. Uh, Lady Hawk. Lady Hawk's good fucking movie. Yeah, it is. Uh, Sesame Street's Follow That Bird. Yes. Commando. <laughs> uh, Clue. Cocoon. Cat's Eye. And Once Bitten, Jim Carrey's first film. All of those uh, were so much better than this fucking movie. Great vampire <laughs> sex comedy. Yeah, Clue is another movie that's like kind of all-time classic. You yeah, know, right? And that's just uh, because the Academy fucking hates comedy. And well, mm-hmm. also Clue bombed real hard it did. so they they don't tend to look at bombs that aren't like prestige pictures yeah sure sure but i mean teen wolf came out this year reanimator I, came out this year look i'm gonna be real fair <laughs> teen wolf is not very good no of course it's not but it's still better than this fucking movie that's well that's and, and let's be honest as the academy looks down on uh you know movies that bombed it's also probably going to look down on a movie where a severed head performs uh oral sex on someone I, so reanimator's also, probably out also <laughs> still but mad max beyond thunderdome came out that year i i mean I mean, it wasn't the greatest year. No, it was probably 1985 was the most 80s, I think, year that there's been. Uh, what did like John it. Hughes do this year? He did Weird Science. This he did year. Breakfast Club. And he did Breakfast Club. That's right. So, I mean, it's it's a pretty 80s movie. Uh, 80s year. So, listen, so Charles, Charles Bronson and Death, Death Wish 3 came out this year, and I mean, just oh, denied, Jesus. continually denied. Yeah, they just don't give Death Wish any love at all. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think old Chuck got nominated ever, which is a real shame. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, this movie. Oh, and the Care Bears movie came out starring Mickey Rooney as a voice. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> so, yeah, no, this movie does not deserve Best Picture at all. Zach, what do you think? Does this movie deserve best picture? I'll uh I'll straight up say Oh, well, actually, let me look at the other. I was able to see two and a half of the other nominees. <laughs> the one I didn't get to watch was Preezy's Honor. Um so I'll have to ask Paul about that. Um I have watched uh about half of um did I write this down right? It's not cur- is it Curse of the Spider Woman? Kiss of the Spider Woman. Kiss. Well, I wrote curse here. <laughs> Kiss of the Spider Woman. <laughs> I, I've watched about half of it, and it is uh, pretty interesting, and I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of that. So that's at my number three spot right now. Witness is a movie I really love and have a special place in my heart. Harrison Ford is um, just one of those guys and always will be. Um, I don't name my eldest son largely after him and a combination of other Harrisons, but... Um, and it's just it's just a good, well done movie. There, you know, if they mm-hmm. were, they could change some things by you know maybe not making <laughs> the black guy the bad guy from the the start or whatever. But you know, I, 
Uh, they they balance it by having the. You know. I I like that he's part of a ring and he's not. It's right. not just Danny Glover being evil. There's yeah. There's a That's ring true. of evil cops. That's true. also he's a cop, so I'm I'm not too sad that. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but uh, it's a very um, well made movie and um, I like it. Uh, out of mm, the uh, the remaining though, my my top would be the color purple. I think it's an excellent film and, uh, you know, there's issues with it. Um, a lot of people can complain about the, the lens it puts on black masculinity, but that's, you know, that's the point of the book and the, the experiences of the women. And so right. let's elevate the women and tell their story. For a long time, I always kind of thought Spielberg, maybe he shouldn't have directed it, but he actually said that himself, but mm-hmm. he was pursued by the producers who wanted him. So it's like, yeah. and it, it's a big unfortunate thing in 1985. If Spielberg doesn't direct it, this movie probably doesn't get made. Right. Right. So that's like one of those it's things. Really, like, yeah. Kind of a double edged yeah. sword. It's like, yeah. do we get the movie? and have Spielberg directive, which kind of sucks, or do we just not get it at all, which really sucks? And yeah. that's not to say either of those is a good thing. It's just the way it was. Yeah. Mm. So out of the nominees, I would place Out of Africa at the bottom of what I've seen. And Color Purple would be the top deserving of the five nominees, in my opinion. Um, I think maybe you could have even popped out uh, out of Africa and put in, you know, after hours, which we'll talk about tomorrow. So come back to see us for that. Um, Purple Rose of Cairo, maybe Alvy Singer, you know, you know, back in the day at this time, maybe. Um, of course, you got the trio of Back to the Future, Breakfast Club, and the Goonies, which I think are all lovely, if not too canonized these days. <laughs> A little. Uh, yeah. But anyway, Ron definitely should have been in there. I, I thought maybe because it was an 85 and a foreign film, it wouldn't be up till next year, but I guess it got an American release. So yeah, um, he should have won best director and it should have mm-hmm. absolutely been in the running, if not win best picture. Mm-hmm. But of course the best film, 1985 it's Brazil. So yeah, there you go. Uh, you pronounced Ewoks, the battle for Endor wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a TV movie. So it wasn't up. That's for, fair. Uh, yeah. That that's Emmy considerations. That's so, fair. So yeah. So, Paul, you're you're the only one remaining, right? Yep. <laughs> what do you think? Okay. Uh, I didn't get to Kiss of the Spider Woman this week. I started watching it. I got about 20 minutes into it last night. And then my uh, my evening took an unexpected and very positive turn. So, I enjoyed that. Uh, had a couple friends from high school just kind of say, hey, we're, we're about to hang out. You want to hang out with us? And it's like, yeah, I'm just hanging out at my house and we all just ended up at my house. So it was nice. Nice. Uh, so I don't normally like missing any of the films, but if, if that's a, a reason, hell yeah. Yeah. I just get to sit around and talk about the good old days. <laughs> um, so, uh, so I missed that one. Uh, like I said, I watched about 20 minutes of it. Ralph Julia's amazing so far. And, mm-hmm. uh, William Hurt's always good. Um, so, so uh, the rest of them, uh, Prizzy's Honor is going down at my number three of the other three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I don't know what I was expecting from it. Uh, my God, Jack Nicholson's fine in it. Uh, Jessica Houston's really good in it. I don't know if she deserved best supporting actress, but she's good. Yeah. Uh, and it's fine. It's, it's fine. Uh, then my number two of the other remaining three is witness, which I thought I had seen witness. Uh, it turns out that, uh, my parents used to have a, used to record things off of TV when we were kids. Ah. And, um, <laughs> that is my entire VHS collection as a kid. <laughs> and one of those things was Top Gun, which my sister was obsessed with. Hmm. And, uh, the lead in movie to Top Gun on that tape was Witness. Wow. So, what a double feature. <laughs> what a weird yeah. double feature. <laughs> uh, so, so, uh, also Vigo Mortensen's first film. Yeah. No. Oh, nice. Um, so, uh, I, I never actually seen witness. I had just seen like the grain silo thing a bunch of times <laughs> from rewinding a little too far. <laughs> the corn scene. Yeah. Death by corn. So, uh, oh, that film's great. Peter Weir is such a good director. Yeah. I love everything he's ever done. Uh, and my number one out of the other three was the color purple, which I also didn't get to watch this week, but I have seen multiple times and I know it rules. Yeah. Uh, it's a great film. Uh, so, uh, the fact that the film about the African American experience in America gets beat out by a film called out of Africa, starring a bunch of fucking white people. Also <laughs> very insulting. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, out of Africa is going to the very bottom of that list, even, uh, underneath the 20 minutes of kiss of the spider woman that I watched. Right. Uh, <laughs> this movie is terrible. It's a bad movie for bad people. I don't like it. <laughs> it did not deserve best picture. Fuck this movie. <laughs> All right. So our other question here for you, Jason is, is this the worst best picture, uh, ever or out of that list? Out of out of any best picture winner at the Oscars. I mean, if saying no feels or, or saying yes feels a little hyperbolic, but I'm really struggling to find a worse one. <laughs> so yeah, uh, us us having the hindsight of having watched everything up to this point, we yeah have different opinions, but we I completely understand that reaction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I would be surprised if it were the worst, but it's a very bad one. Um but yeah, I, I I don't know if I would be comfortable saying the worst of all time, but it's definitely the most uh, of of all time, right? Fair enough. I, I don't think it. Yeah, I think it's criminal sin was that it just had nothing to say, <laughs> and and I think films can be worse than that, but this one is just. I think this one feels so insulting because the combination of runtime and lack of content. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, so. That's where I'm at with that, I think. And I'll, I'll say to you, I, I, I'd be shocked if you've seen anything that I have underneath this. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's probably the perspective difference. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Um, so I'm going to say that, no, this is not the worst best picture. It is my fourth worst. Ooh. <laughs> um, we all know what I, those three are. <laughs> I missed. I 
I liked Annie Hall more than I liked this fucking Holy movie. Holy shit. <laughs> and Annie Hall literally sounds like a cheese grater to a chalkboard to me. Well, and Annie but Hall I, is also the film that's robbed Star Wars, right? I mean, that's, yeah, uh, right. yeah. I mean, you know, Annie and, Hall got best picture of the year freaking Star Wars came out. I, I, I fucking hate that movie so much. It, more than Star Wars. it was still more entertaining. <laughs> than this movie so yes it is my number 54 in between annie hall and Gigi, the movie about you know raising courtesans child grooming out of 14 year olds wait it's 54 and it's your fourth worst yeah i got out of africa gg gone with the wind greatest show on earth well we should have 58 movies now right you should have 58 Mm, what did we do last week uh, Amadeus, which is your number one. Was my number one, yeah. <laughs> no, that's definitely on there. Did I not save? Maybe Let me double check that. No, it definitely is Amadeus. I'm going to have to go through okay. 58 fucking movies <laughs> to find it. There's a great <laughs> Zegfield's on there. Hmm. Yeah. So, okay. All right. Well, okay. Zach, is this the worst best picture? No, but it is, like you said, a pretty bad one. I don't have it quite as low, but I do have it at 45 tucked in between ordinary people and all the King's men. Um, just to me, a couple other boring movies that have occasional things of like, Oh, that looks nice or it's well-made in a certain way. The music is all right. If you know, <laughs> melodramatic. Um, so yeah, 45 out of 58 stinky, but not the worst. Cool. Yeah, it's it's getting real close to dragging the bottom of the barrel for me as well. Uh, I got it. I got it at fifty two. I do think there are some things that save this movie from being as low as Jonathan's. Mostly, I don't think there's really any bad performances. It's just that they're all being made to say very droll dialogue. Um. So. Uh, so, Bernsey, here's here's what I have under this movie. Tell me if you've seen any of these. Gigi? Oh, man. Uh, no, I've not seen Gigi. Okay, you're you're very lucky. Uh, Cimarron? <laughs> nope. Uh, Broadway Melody? <laughs> no. Uh, Going My Way? Nope. The Life of Emile Zola? Nope. And I believe what is still all three of our worst film mm. the greatest show on earth <laughs> still my worst <laughs> 1952's the greatest show on earth mm. Bo- bottom of the list but number one in irony given the name of the title so it's uh, exactly. very much so <laughs> yeah. uh, it is also three hours and very bad yeah it, as it we've is, said before just the circus just the circus, just the circus. that's all it is <laughs> like it's literally that it is just three hours of the circus well two hours and uh, 45 minutes of the circus, 15 minutes of Jimmy Stewart really fucking trying to do something with this movie. <laughs> oh God. He's yeah. why, why is he so good in that movie? Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, yeah. no, it's not the worst, but it's, you guys it's, came here for a great show. I better do something. <laughs> oh, I'm a clown. <laughs> <laughs> and I killed my wife. <laughs> I love <laughs> you guys been backstage. The ringmaster's been murdered. <laughs> yep. Oh, I wish the movie were that exciting. <laughs> it's not. All right. So I think we are going to call it there. Jason, thank you very much for being here with us again, sir. Yeah. yeah with us, sir. Um, 
anything you'd like to plug any social yeah media? Uh, I so I stream games on the Twitches. Uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash it's Burnsy. My schedule is chaos. So, you know, just follow and click the bell, I guess, if you're into that sort of thing. Um, and all my information is also there if you go into the about section. So you can see my Twitter handle and I've got a Discord going too. So that's Hooray. probably the best way to find me on the internet. All right. Well, my name has been Jonathan Pierce. You can find me also on the Twitch at some point at twitch.tv slash altorn underscore Occam and find me on Twitter, TikTok, and I'm sure something else at altorn underscore Occam. Zach, where can we find you? Find me on Critiker, Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok at House Havoc, and Letterbox. Search by my name, Mr. Workman. Uh, you could find me at Father of the Fear, across the platforms of Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Letterboxd, where I keep a running tally of all the films I watch. And this week, I just went and saw House of Gucci today. That was a film. Also, two hours and 40 minutes long. And not much happens in that either. Oof. Damn. Look, when Jared Leto's the best performance in your movie, you uh, don't have oh, a good shit. movie. I just do <laughs> oh, not shit. fucking like him at <laughs> all. Like I'm struggling to think of anything I like him in or any movie that he's in that I like. Does he have like, a tattoo on his forehead that says yeah, damaged in that one too? <laughs> yes. Like American Psycho. He's <laughs> Jonathan Fight Club. Fight Club, you're right. Jared Leto still. always looks like he should be in charge of a cult. Yeah, wasn't he for a bit? I mean uh, probably very recently. Oh, he was also in Blade Runner 2049. Was he? Yeah. 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 It's like the That's mystical. How, I mean, yeah. it's supposed to be David Bowie, but unfortunately passed. That would have been interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Interesting. Awesome. Yeah, anyway. So anyway. That's what it did. And wow. Zach, what are we watching next week? Next week, strap on your war helmets. We're watching Platoon. Oh, the only one who can kill Barnes is Barnes. <laughs> and we're going to rent... Uh, <laughs> you can rent on Google Play, Voodoo, or YouTube, or stream on Amazon, or for free on Pluto TV or Tubi. Oh, Tubi. Yeah. Nice. Tubi. Yeah. I love that. I love Tubi. <laughs> Tubi is fun. All right. We would like to thank Trav from our sister podcast, Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We would like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We would like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and in, uh, at on Twitter and Instagram. Those are words at Oscar Worsley Pod and on Facebook at the Oscar Worsley Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a nice five-star review like none of us did with this piece of shit. Uh it really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. The almighty algorithm of Al Gore. Syphilis. <laughs> Give uh, us five stars and you won't get syphilis. I can't promise that. It's fair. Foolproof. <laughs> That's a very dangerous claim. <laughs> <laughs> Legal reasons say you may still get syphilis if you give us five stars. But if you get syphilis, we know you haven't given us five stars. True. Uh, for Jason Burns, Jonathan, Zach, and the recently, very recently deceased Seed Stonheim, you and me, pal, we're the loonies. I hope you have a damn fine day. <laughs> <laughs>